Welcome to the Your Next Best Step podcast, where it's all about real experiences, real lessons, real hurdles, and everything in between. I'm Teresa Cantley, and I'm bringing you over 20 years experience in business, leadership, and marketing to help you shift out of your corporate thinking and into being an entrepreneur so you can maximize your results, build and empower your team, and make a bigger impact. It's time to turn your ideas into innovation, and that's only the beginning. So let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Your Next Best Step podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Cantley, and I am super, super, super happy that you are here for another episode and another week with yours truly. Um, I am still, I still have my cold from Ireland and it's just crazy because it's like lingering on here. I mean, you go on like this epic vacation, you know, which is so nice and so relaxing with friends and my husband. Um, and I come, I second weekend, I get this giant cold, (laughs) no idea where it came from, but it is hanging on. It is not going anywhere. And I am so bad with taking medicine. So I'm, it's probably my own fault that it's hanging on, but I'm getting better and it's all good. So I am here for, yes, another week of my lovely raspy voice. So anyway, so today we're going to shake things up a little bit. We, um, been doing some mindset stuff, um, a couple episodes ago on episode number 32, I believe we talked about the three biggest blocks that restaurateurs, business owners really in general, um, have um, in working with local businesses and restaurants for the past 10 years, those I have kind of ironed it down to the three biggest blocks that people have and how it ends up holding them back and why. And then also gave you some ideas of some things that you can do in case you identified with that and said, you know what? Yeah, I got those blocks too. Um, Gave you some three things that you can do to kind of come out of that and untangle it. So stemming from that, we also, and I, and this is those two episodes or that episode and this episode actually came from um, a class, a new class that I am teaching called the restaurant growth formula. And the, both of these things are actually part of that free class that I'm teaching. And It's funny because as I've been teaching it, people have said to me when we go over, you know, those three blocks, they're like, I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize that that was, you know, what's basically sabotaging my business and, you know, causing me to not be able to grow. And it was just like eye-opening. And the second piece that we're going to talk about today and why we're shaking things up is we're going to talk about if you continue, the consequence that comes from, if you continue to keep those blocks that are preventing you from achieving your dreams and preventing you from moving forward, these are these end up being the consequences that stem from those blocks, okay? So you can kind of get a sense for are the mindset blocks, and we talked a lot about um, in episode number 33, the last episode, how your identity and how you see things shapes your beliefs, which shapes your thoughts, which gives you the results that you that you have. So the mindset blocks are the things that really hold us back, okay? 
And that's where those those three biggest blocks come from. Thinking that we need to do everything ourselves, um, blaming external factors. I mean, there's there's the three the three blocks that we talked about. And you know, as we were talking about those mindset blocks um, during the class, you know, people say, "Well, if these are the biggest things, why do people like you know why do people why do people stay there?" And the reason is because it's easier. You know, it's easier to stay there than it is for people to change. It's easier to stay in that thing that you know, which is particularly uncomfortable, right? Um, Than it is to get a little uncomfortable doing something completely different, you know, something that you're not used to, and so that you can have long-term, you know, positive results, um, you know, and, and really focus on changing for a better future. It's easier for people to stay in that, um, that place of lack and that place of frustration and that place of struggling because, and, and for some reason, like it just feels more comfortable to do that. It feels more comfortable to do that than, and and keep complaining than it does to actually get a little uncomfortable and really change, you know, make a change for the better so that you can have a better future. So today we're going to talk, we're going to talk about how, like what the consequences are if we stay, if we keep those blocks, if we don't focus on really resetting a lot of those things that we talked about and the things that we talked about in, in episode number 33, what ends up happening? And these are common misconceptions, common um, mistakes that I've seen average business owners, restaurant owners make that really keep them underperforming. And I see it time and time again. So that's why I've made it my life's mission. It is my mission to shift the paradigm of traditional local business. Um, What people have thought for years and years and years, things that I have seen, you know, they think that things need to be a certain way. You know, they think that, you know, because you own a retail store, it needs to be this way. And if you own a restaurant, it needs to be this way. And if you own a yoga studio, it needs to be this way. Well, my mission in life is to shift that paradigm so that we can all create a better future for ourselves. So we're going to start digging in and I'm going to give you these five mistakes, but I'm also going to give you the things that you can actually do to get out of making those mistakes. So if you identify with any of these you're going to get some help as to what you can do differently and start taking action today. As soon as you get off this podcast, as soon as you stop listening to this podcast, you can start taking action today if you are one of these people that are making these five biggest mistakes. So let's get started. <clears throat> okay, so number one, not taking ownership of the vision throughout your business. This is something that I see people doing time and time and time again. They start a business and they either don't define the vision and the mission and the values, okay, or they have it written down, but they haven't communicated it to anybody and probably they haven't even looked at it in several years. Um, and then the third one is, is that, yeah, they've like, they fully committed to it. Okay. That they full, they've written it down and they fully committed to it. It's fully communicated and it's good. Number three, very rare, very, very, very rare. Um, most of the time it's either they haven't 
taken, they haven't written down the vision, the mission, the values. They've just opened up shop, started their business, and away they went. Or they have it written down, but they didn't tell anybody. They didn't communicate it to anybody. And when you don't do that and you don't take full ownership of the vision, well, you have no GPS. You have no, you have no guiding force in your business to be able to make decisions. You have nothing to look forward to. You have nothing to, to be able to visualize and look forward to so that you have that direction that you're moving your ship. And having the, the three blocks that we talked about lead to this consequence. I mean, the, the vision is really the foundation of your business. And then your mission and your core values, those are all things that go along with it. And, you know, people, when I start working with them, <clears throat> a lot of local business owners, and they say, okay, what's the vision of your business? What makes you unique? You know, what makes you different than, you know, the restaurant that's two doors down from you? And they can't answer me. I'm like, oh, well, we have this on our menu. And like, okay, well, so do they. What makes you different? What's your vision? What is your vision beyond what you're doing today in your business right now? And when they can't answer me, well, then I know they haven't clearly defined it. So if you haven't, if you're one of those people, you know, and on my on my class, I said, okay, on a scale of one to 10, where are you? How much ownership do you have of it? Because as the business owner and the visionary for the business, you are solely responsible for that. You are responsible for the why and the what in your business. Why are you doing what you do? And what is it that you do that makes you so different? You're responsible for that. And when I asked that question on the on the webinar, in the class, during the class, most of the people, you know, scale of one, one is you haven't defined it at all. 10 is you're fully defined, running with it. You know where you're going. Your team knows where they're going. They know what they're doing. You know, all is good. <clears throat> 95% of the people were between one and five. 95%. That's crazy. So if you haven't clearly written down that vision and your mission and your values, I highly recommend taking a full day, not an hour, not two hours, taking a full day and really laying out what is it that you really want to do and why are you doing it beyond the money beyond the money. If you start a business solely to make money, I mean, yes, that is the ultimate goal, but if you start it and that's all you're focused on is money, it's never gonna work out. So taking some time and really laying out what are your core values? Because whatever your core values are in the business need to match the core values of your team, your leadership team, your employees, and filter down throughout the organization. You also need to define where what your vision is for the business, not for right now, not for current circumstance, but where you want to go, where you want to be in a year. Where do you want to be in 90 days? Where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be in three years or five years or 10 years? What is it that you want to do and why do you want to do it? What makes you different? So <clears throat> taking a day to write that down and fully laying it out, well, that will start to be your guide. That will start to be your map to everything else. And speaking of maps, number two, the number two biggest mistake, not managing the metrics and numbers in your business. So what I find a lot, you know, is, 
And I asked this question during the class, what do you think the reason is that people don't, people don't look at their metrics? What do you think the reason is? Top two reasons, number one, they don't understand them. So it's a fear. You know, I don't understand what I'm looking at. I don't know how to read a cash flow statement. I don't know how to read a P&L. And if I do know how to read it, I don't necessarily know what to do with it other than look at my gross profit. Um, number two is time. They just figure, oh, the business is running. It's okay. I don't need to look at that stuff. So number one is they don't know what they're looking at. They don't know how to read it. They don't even, Maybe even also they don't know what metrics are important to their business. And then number two is, is that they say, well, I don't have time to do it. Someone else can do it. Someone else is doing it for me. My accountant's doing it. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to. And once we start digging in, realize that their accountant wasn't really doing anything for them, which is really sad, you know? So fully understanding what the key metrics are in your business. They're different for restaurants versus retail. I mean, there are some important key metrics, gross profit, net profit, income, your cost of goods, um, uh, your percent of sales. Those are your earnings per customer. Those are super important metrics. Um, Marketing metrics are, you know, how many people are landing on your pages, on your website, how many people are clicking through on your emails. You know, those are important things. So understanding what those important metrics are, as well as how to use them in whatever season of business you're in. So if you're in a season of it's a slow period and you're taking time to refocus and kind of get yourself together and reflect, you know, what do you, how can you plan? How can you use your metrics and use your numbers and use your financial information to plan for that season of your business since it's a slower season? As well as when you have a busy season, and we talked about seasons in your business several episodes ago, when you have a busy season in your business, how can you also plan for the future because if you have a busy season, you're going to have a slow season. So understanding what metrics you need to use, you need to look at it in your business. Customer retention. I mean, that's a big one. How many times is a customer coming back in your business and how are you getting them back? What marketing are you doing to get them back into your business so that they're constantly, they're either, they're visiting time and time again, they're coming back for things you know, you're really doing things to take care of them. It's something that people overlook, but those metrics are important. So it's understanding what financial metrics are important to your business so that you can manage your business better and make better key decisions to grow. But then also your marketing metrics, your operation metrics, you know, those are all important things to understand in your business so that you can, you know what's going on, you have an idea of what's going on, You're not using that to beat people over the head with, you know, you're using it to gauge decisions that you make. The vision of your business is always that driving force, but the numbers and the metrics help you to make better decisions to make that vision a reality. So if you haven't, if you don't know what metrics are important in your business and you don't know your numbers, find out. Do Google is a great tool (laughs) you know, Google what metrics are important, go back and look at your systems. What kind of a POS system are you using in your store? You know, what kind of point of sale system are you using? Whether you're a restaurant or a retail store, um, what kind of a CRM, customer relationship management system are you using? 
What email software are you using? If you have an accountant, go back and ask the accountant for a profit and loss statement, a cash flow statement, even a trial balance report, just so you can see what your numbers are and ask them to explain them to you. If they can't, you need to get a new accountant. And if you don't have an accountant, I highly recommend that you find somebody extremely reputable that you can work with and that is going to be a partner with you, not just do your taxes on an annual basis, but be a partner with you and give you advice on a, on a quarterly basis, on a monthly basis as to you know what is best for your business. Get Google Analytics. It's a free tool. Make sure it's installed on your website. If you have a web developer, they can actually work with you to understand. There's a lot of free information on Google to understand Google Analytics. Um, but really focusing on what metrics do you need to measure in your business and what is important. <clears throat> Number three, and I see this a lot, hiring on demand and also hiring solely on skill. People wait until someone leaves, a key person leaves or, or a couple staff members leave, and then they go into crisis mode and panic mode. It should never be, I mean, if you use the word crisis mode, I'm going to highly recommend that you, you wipe it from your vocabulary. It's never, things are never a crisis. Yes, you have situations that all of a sudden get super heated and super important, but it's never a crisis because anything and absolutely everything can be fixed and can be figured out. So people always wait until that last, until someone leaves to go and then fill their space. And immediately they're like, we have to hire within our industry. We have to hire, you know, we're a restaurant, so we have to hire people with restaurant experience. And my answer to you is, no, you don't. No, you don't. You can teach anyone skill, but you can't teach, you can't teach work ethic. You can't teach attitude. You can't teach values. You can't teach any of that. So my thing, what I work with people on is we focus on building what I call your vision and employee flow. For lack of a better term, it's an org chart. And really getting clear on, okay, in order to grow, who do you need in key areas? Okay, so we define what are the major areas of your business. And then underneath, what people do you need underneath that and how does that how does the flow go? All of that to support the higher vision of what you're trying to accomplish. Because like I said, the visionary is in charge of the why and the what in the business. Underneath that, when you have an operations manager, project manager, you have a leadership team, those people are all responsible for the how and the who, okay? So they're responsible for how the why and the what gets executed. And then underneath that, you have all your taskmasters. So you have your employees that help them and support them. So looking at that flow in advance and constantly keeping that vision in the forefront, you know who you need. You know who you need in key key positions. You know who's in the right spot and who might not be in the in who's in the right spot and who might be in the wrong spot. And maybe you can shift them around. You also know, you know what, we're struggling in this area, people are overwhelmed, so maybe we need to add some people. But also you know what type of person you're looking for. What type of what type of work ethic, what type of soft skills they need. 
they don't necessarily need to be in the industry because bringing people from outside of your industry, bringing people into the restaurant industry, and I, it's funny because I had this conversation with someone this morning where we were like, okay, this is what you're looking for. You're looking for somebody to do inventory and for somebody to receive product in. This is a restaurant. <clears throat> somebody to also do a lot of prep work for the sous chef. And they were like, okay, well, we need to find someone that has restaurant experience. No, you don't. Bringing someone outside of the, from outside of the industry that might have the soft skills that you're looking for. You need somebody who's a self-starter. You need somebody who's detailed. You need somebody who's who's willing to learn and who's excited. You know, maybe, yeah, someone who's, who's interested in learning the restaurant business. But they don't necessarily need to have that restaurant experience or they don't need to have that retail experience because you can teach someone how to check someone out, you know, on a POS system. You can teach someone how to do inventory. You can teach someone how to receive product. You can teach someone what goes, what ingredients go into a recipe and how to, how to measure stuff out. You can teach all of that, but you can't teach work ethic. You can't teach attitude. So figuring out, taking some time to detail out, because you're detailing out your vision because that's number one, right? So then detailing out, like, like I said, what I like to call a vision and employee flow. What is the flow need to look like in your business from a people perspective? And who do you want in those key positions? And you might, it's funny because you might take a look at it and say, ooh, I need another manager and I need them here because this is where we're focusing on our growth and we don't have enough, we don't have, either we don't have the right person there or we don't have enough people there. And if we're focusing on growing that area, well, we need to invest in it. So Getting away from hiring on demand because when you hire on demand, desperation and crisis are the energy that gets put behind the hiring process and you end up with the same, you just keep repeating the pattern. So if you can break that pattern by understanding what your flow, what you want your flow to look like, where you're focusing your growth, I just dropped my notebook, where you're focusing your growth efforts on, that's where you wanna start and that's how you can get away from hiring on demand and it's more hiring for the right, hiring the right people for the right spots. So that's number three. Number four, <clears throat> forgetting about the customer and thinking that in the restaurant industry, thinking that the chef is the most important person. In the retail industry, a lot of times they focus a lot on merchandising or they focus a lot on the managers like having the right management in the position and while those those things are important the key person in your business is the customer so making sure that you're building a customer experience that attracts people and makes them feel good what goes into that is making sure yeah that you do have the right chef that you do have the right management that you do have the right visual merchandising in place that appeals to your customer. But even beyond that, you want to make sure that you're connecting with them and you're building a customer experience that brings people back time and time again. When I teach building customer experience, we focus on what the experience would look like before they become a customer. They have no idea who you are, okay? What the experience looks like when they become a customer at the at initial engagement. And then the third one is, what does that experience look like that you build to up-level and keep them coming back time and time again? 
People don't focus on, a lot of local businesses I've worked with, they focus on number one. They focus on attracting people, but they don't focus on number two and number three. So they're attracting, they're focusing on attracting people. And once I get there, you know, service isn't great. Like things aren't set up right. The food isn't great. Like it just all kind of falls apart. So we want to make sure that you know, customers are the people that they're the, the the keystone in the business besides the employees, you know, and getting the right managers. So we want to make sure that we're building an experience that makes them come back time and time again. I mean, I see it all over social media where people are talking about chef so-and-so is making this dish for tonight and chef so-and-so. And it's like, that's great. But what does the chef care about? What does the chef care about and why are they do what they do? And how does that relate to the customer, to your customer and the, the person that you're trying to attract into your business that's actually spending the money, right? <clears throat> so making sure that you're developing a customer experience that people want to come back time and time and time again. And the last one, number five, is not having a marketing plan or a business growth strategy. Relying on, <clears throat> relying on fate, luck, the fact that you're a local business and people just know that you're there. Relying on, I'm just going to put more coupons out. I'm just going to have an ad on the radio. I'm going to run an ad in the newspaper. Not having a fully laid out marketing plan and business growth strategy that encompasses building a signature experience, you know, in your business that really sets you apart from absolutely everybody else. And you can see probably how all of these things tie together. All of these things go together. And they are the common mistakes that people make. And with marketing and a business strategy, people that I've seen, that I've worked with, people think that, I post on Facebook every day and that's all I need to do. And that's not all you need to do because social media can go away at any time. You don't own your likes. You don't own your comments. People, you know, people shy away from email list building when in reality you need to have social media. You need to have email list building. You need to have a connection plan. You know, how are you going to reach and personalize the connection with your customers? Those are all things that you need to put in place and have a plan. It doesn't have to be this super complex plan, but you have to have a plan in place. You have to have a plan to engage with people, to know what you're going to be posting about on a regular basis. So if you haven't done so already, lay out, what do you want to do in quarter one? What do you want to do in quarter two? quarter three, and quarter four. What promotions, what events, what classes do you want to teach? What engagement things do you want to do with your customers? Do you want to send something physical out to them? Maybe it's a, it's a VIP appreciation day. Whatever it is, you got to lay that out on a, on a calendar <clears throat> and understand what key big things are you doing in quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four, to meet your financial goal. And what are you going to measure? That's where the metrics come in. Having a, a plan and a strategy in place 
lets go and gets rid of chance and luck, doing things on the fly and doing things like with half effort. So take a look at these things and hopefully you can put some action plans in place immediately now with some of the information that I gave you so that you can really start growing and moving forward. And if you, if you're looking at all this and you've listened to this whole episode and you're saying, oh my gosh, I haven't done any of this. I need you to give yourself a break and actually congratulate yourself and celebrate the fact that now you're aware of it. You can't fix and you can't change what you aren't aware of, but now that you're aware of it, you can. So hopefully this episode helped you so that you know maybe where you're, maybe you still haven't removed some of those three biggest blocks and that's why you're making these mistakes because we don't want to be an average business owner. We don't want to be an average restaurant owner or a shop owner. We want to be an iconic restaurateur or an iconic retail owner, retail shop owner, or just an iconic entrepreneur. We want to be different. And in order to be different, we have to do, we have to make sure that we have the right plans in place, the right actions. We're taking the right actions and we have the, we have our vision fully solid so we know where we're going. So I hope this episode helped you. And until next week, have a great rest of your week and make sure you are taking baby steps every single day to move you forward towards the things that you want to achieve. So bye for now. And hopefully next time I will not be sick. All right. Take care.